Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX. Happy Tuesday to you. Uh, it is time for the Think Tank. Today we have two veterans with us. We have uh, Jeff Smith. Uh, we have Kurt Barr, who just told me he wants to be referred to as King of St. Charles. Okay. Uh, to each their own. That's fine. Um, you know, you barely made it in, didn't you? Like five seconds ago, walked into the studio. We have so. the world's worst parking garage. Got, well, it wasn't the garage. You got the um, school Yeah, right they're there. terrible, too. Yeah. And the, the combination <laughs> of those kids in those, this parking garage. Those damn kids. Oh, these. Get off my lawn. These students. <laughs> um, good to see you guys. Seems good like it's been a while too. since we've seen you. Catch us up. What's going on with uh, Jeff Smith? Uh, man, you know, um, getting ready to go into back in the legislative session. Mm-hmm. Um, been writing a couple pieces about kind of the terrain in Missouri politics. Wrote a piece about uh, a few days ago about how sometimes you can just announce and launch a candidacy and change public policy because the current office holder is afraid of a primary. And like, you know, if you look at Cori Bush since... Um, Wesley Bell announced yep. she started to express at least a little bit of sympathy for uh, what um, the people Israelis went through. Uh, so that's a change. Andrew Bailey has been, I think, very aggressive since Will Sharp announced his primary opposition. And so you see it in, in a couple different settings. And Josh Hawley, even in a general election, it can sometimes work. You see Josh Hawley out there walking picket lines. Yes. You wouldn't have thought you'd have seen no. that, you know, five or six years ago. Yeah. But that's obviously him kind of thinking, hey, you know, Lucas Hawley, uh, sorry, Lucas Kuntz is getting a little bit of traction. And you never know what the environment could look like next yeah. year. So. You know what Holly should do is to stay true to form is do that little jog you did on January 6th at, <laughs> at the picket line and just yell, like, go Union, like anything. Uh, <laughs> before we get into politics, uh, you're a basketball guy. Uh, my daughter's a freshman at KU. Oh, wow. How fun is that? Wow. Playing you, Mizzou Friday. Oh, I know. Are you gonna, is, is she a fan? Is she going to go to some games? She's going to go. Daddy's not because it's $1,000. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. She'll have to send me an Instagram or something. And wouldn't it great to have Mizzou being, you know, good at big time sports nice? again? You know, football and basketball. So nice. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, okay. Let's talk elections. Uh, uh, we can go local. We can go state. We can go federal. What are the most interesting elections? I know we're I know we're really far out, but like you were just talking about, who are the most interesting challengers? And uh, yeah, just go from there. Kurt, you're Mr. Election. Tell us about that. All right. So first, the filing doesn't begin until February 27th. So then we'll actually know who's really running. Um, so looking at uh, you know, more local, you've got um, 
in, in St. Charles County, we've got a, a state Senate race where we've got like four or five Republicans all running. There's, there's two state reps who are probably the, the most likely to, to uh, win in that, that particular primary race. Uh, but as far as like statewide. And let me stop you there. So the local like RNC, DNC kind of thing, I'm sure they operate differently than the federal. I, my feeling is that nationally they've kind of lost control. Is there still pretty good control statewide? Like if me and Wheeler and Rachel all wanted to get the Republican Senate seat, uh, is there someone who sits down with us, interviews us and goes like, you know what? Wheeler seems to be the guy. No, not on the Republican side. Um, (laughs) Republicans, if they want to run, they're going to run. And there's, and you tell somebody you shouldn't run. Well, that's guaranteed they will. Um, and the, the party, like the the central committee, you know, they they try to vet candidates. There's actually a move among Republican central committees to actually have this process of of vetting candidates to prove who's Republican enough to actually <laughs> run in their their primaries. And you know, that's kind of a, an interesting scenario. But sure is. Um, the, there's there's not an institution that says you you shouldn't run. That doesn't happen. Um. So one of the things about coming on here and doing the think tank uh, is that when you have an opponent or whatever on the other side who's totally reasonable, it makes it easier for me to be reasonable, right? Because then the person and and Kurt is always you know super reasonable. Um, and so I want to say something in response to your question a minute ago about can you know is there a way to get Republicans in line? One of the reasons that I think there isn't anymore is because Republicans have achieved something close to hegemony in statewide politics. What does and, that mean? Well, Republicans are dominant in statewide races. And because the prize of winning the primary is so big now, you're going to have multi, you're going to have primaries in every one of these races. When the state was a 50-50 state, I think it was easier for both parties to kind of get control and say we've got to have one nominee who can win in the general election and we're going to try to get that person through the primary to make sure we get someone close enough to the center who isn't too extreme so that we can win a general. Now Republicans statewide in Missouri don't even really consider the general election, unfortunately, in many cases. They just think they're kind of invincible. So it doesn't matter how far right your primary candidate is, which is encouraging factionalized politics within the Republican Party in the state, which is why up and down the ballot from governor to lieutenant governor to secretary of state to state treasurer, Republicans have really, I mean, I think serious primaries in every one of those races in a way that wasn't the case 20 years ago. Would you agree with that, Kurt? No, absolutely. And part of that is, you know, the the donor class was that institution to some degree that would help control. They say, okay, we're only going to give money to to these people. But as there's so many Republicans and so many grassroots donors, everybody's like, well, I've got my niche in this area. I got my niche in this area. And the mega donors... You know, one, there's not that many of them. And two, honestly, their money's usually not been that effective. Hmm. Um, you know, you can look at, you know, in, in well, Rex Sinkelfeld's record of, of who's donated to, most of the times when he gives out big checks, it doesn't help that candidate. Um, and so. And a couple of the other really big donors got turned off for various reasons. And like, they've stopped giving. And right. Yeah, like David Humphreys, who was the biggest Republican donor in the state for about a decade, after Hawley did his thing. You know, January 6th, he said, I'm never giving a dollar to him again. Um, he didn't like the, you know, pro-life legislation passed, I guess, in 2019, uh, the HB 126 that made it, you know, basically n- no abortions in the state of Missouri. After a couple of those things, the biggest donor in Republican politics who had done more than any other donor to help Republicans get a supermajority said, I'm not giving a dime anymore. So I think you're right. Grassroots activists 
are more influential than they had previously been, which is why a guy like like Bill Igel uh, from your county mm-hmm. is saying, hey, I'm going to run for governor because I think I have a strong base that's, you know, kind of far right uh, going against, uh, you know, Kehoe, who's represents kind of old school, you know, Republican and uh, Jay Ashcroft, who represents maybe a different faction of kind of the evangelical, you know, base of the party. So let's uh, build upon that and let's go federal that Nikki Haley recently got the Koch brothers and some other big mega donors saying like, yeah, we're putting our money behind her. Seems like in races past, that would have been the other guy would have been pooping water. Like, oh, my God, the <laughs> Koch brothers. But Trump so far ahead can is there enough money in the world to help uh, Nikki Haley catch up with Trump? For the presidential yes. nomination for this coming this cycle? Yes. No. Presidential nomination four years from now because Donald Trump becomes a lame duck as soon as he gets elected? Absolutely. Or as a standby candidate, if for whatever reason Trump at the last second says, yeah, I'm not going to do it. We need somebody in, in the wings ready to go who's mm-hmm. been vetted and tested. And so, you, know, so you I, don't see any way barring something really unforeseen. If Trump wants it and he's not in jail or whatever, he's going to get it. I, I talking to other Republicans, I don't see any large movement to just push Trump out of the nomination. I mean, obviously it goes to the, the national convention. But you know, help me understand so, when like the mega donors are like, no, hell no, not him. Any, no, anyone but him, let's go with her. What, we talk about this all the time, but what is the holding hands in these people? Trump. So Trump's appeal is that part of it is just his larger-than-life persona, and part of it is he's willing to fight the, the other side, and he's the fighter that a lot of Republicans He's like are. a mercenary. So it, it's exactly. like for the for the religious right, which I know quite a lot about, and I'm sorry if I'm hurting feelings out there right now, but uh, you know you don't know anyone's heart, you don't know anyone's soul. But Donald Trump is not what you think of when you think of a a, a religious person or a Christian person. Come on, but, his favorite isn't his favorite. Uh, yes, two two Corinthians. Yes, his yeah. favorite Bible verse. Yeah. But he's like a mercenary. He's like a hired gun. It's like a Bible story where, like, the Jews go out and get, you know, a giant. They're like, hey, go fight the Hittites or something for us. You know what I mean? Like, like it's a real thing that I don't think many traditional Christians who haven't been fooled, who see Trump for what he is but are still going to vote for him. It's like, well, he's going to fight harder for me and what I want than anyone else, regardless of how religious they may be. I'll take the fighter. That's what they're thinking. Absolutely. And unfortunately— um the former Trump's first vice president got a large say in who was the cabinet members and who and what a lot of what the policy was. And he was a true conservative. Yeah. And so Trump governed more conservatively because of Mike Pence. And mm. since he won't be there, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the, 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 the Trump administration will govern very differently. I have no idea who the vice president is going to be, but I think your statement a little bit ago uh, in the previous segment of how all these people running against him now, none of them have a chance of actually being picked because he's not going to buy anybody off. He doesn't need to. And the fact they ran against him is their cardinal sin. Yep. Uh, so they won't have placements in his cabinet or yeah. in his administration, but he'll pick somebody. But you know, he will have a much stronger role in the yeah. policy. And that policy will still be... Republican, but it'll be Trump-centric. Jeff, are you hoping it's Trump? No. 
No, a lot, there are definitely some Democrats, uh, professional Democrats, that are kind of hoping it's Trump, thinking that he would be the weakest candidate. I do think that he's probably the weakest general election candidate because I think that, you know, if you break down the Republican primary electorate, uh, anyone who's voting for Chris Christie in this primary, which is like, you know, 10, 11, 12 percent in New Hampshire, they're not. I can't imagine those people voting for Trump in a general election. I think the Ramaswamy people and the DeSantis people will vote for Trump in the general election. But I think probably the Haley people maybe split half vote for Trump and maybe some vote for a third party and, a few, and a few vote for Biden. So I think there's definitely going to be some drop off uh, in the Republican Party. Some people that, you know, have not. Um, and, and I don't think they should get over January 6th because I think it's pretty serious. And um, to that point, I think that uh, some of the polling right now, which has been very good for Trump in, in recent weeks, I think that it doesn't price in what we're about to see in this country over the next several months. Now, unfortunately, I can speak with, uh, uh, with experience of facing federal prosecution, and I think very few people understand what's about to hit this guy. He's got, I think, 18 or 19 co-defendants in Georgia. Three or four of them have already flipped, and I'm going to right now say a dozen more are probably going to flip before this thing goes to trial because people, you know, they make the best bargain they can. They and like going to jail. Yeah, and, and, and they don't want to go to jail. And, and um, look, you're going to go from a situation where Trump has kind of everybody circling the wagons to a situation where you might have 13, 14, 15 of these people all testifying, I was there when he said this. And yeah. I think it's just going to be a lot harder uh, for him to to skate. Uh, you know, he's 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 been like Houdini yep. for the last several years in American politics. But it's one thing to be like Houdini when you're talking about public opinion. You know, all the things he said that people thought it's over when he said the Mexican judge, you know, ruled against me because he's Mexican. People were like, that's the end of it. And it didn't touch him at all. It helped him in the primary, probably. And then the Access Hollywood. I thought he was over, you know, mm -hmm. with the Access. But he came back from that. This is different, you know, because federal prosecutors don't play. They have unlimited resources. The other co-defendants are all going to be scared. And clearly people who were in the room, like Mark Meadows, his former chief of staff, have been talking and they're going to be on that stand. And so, you know, we're in, I think, for a year, uh, not unlike 1968 in American politics, where I think just the fabric of, of our country yeah. could be torn asunder. I, I fear for it. So, no, to answer, that was a long answer to your question. I'm not rooting for him to be the nominee because I think it'll be marginally easy for Democrats I'm rooting for someone like Nikki Haley so we can get back in this country to have civil disagreements about public policy between the parties as opposed to disagreeing about democracy itself. When we come back, uh, President Biden said something pretty amazing today to donors just happened in the last hour or so. We'll tell you about it when we come back. Welcome back, guys. DGS. Uh, it's a think tank. We do this every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Kurt Barr, head of elections in St. Charles County. Jeff Smith, good all-around dude. Been on the show forever. Former senator. Okay, so Joe Biden was speaking to some donors today. And in a typical Joe Biden move, he said, uh, you know what? If Trump weren't running, I probably wouldn't be running either. And uh, so that's making news. It's all over you know, every headline, which begs the question, did anyone tell him? And I know polls are polls or polls or polls, but he's pretty much the only guy that doesn't beat Trump. Haley beats him by 10, 15 points. Yeah. So, you know, in 2016, um, when I was uh, talking on the radio in the middle of the election season, I said, you know, Trump may be the only person in the country who Hillary could beat, 
And Hillary may be the only Democrat in the country who Trump could beat. And we may be in a similar predicament as a country again, where both parties are nominating arguably their weakest nominee. Crazy. And uh, it it is kind of crazy and it does seem a little bit irrational. So, you know, if I were Joe Biden um, and I'll certainly vote for him uh, and I, I, I wish he wouldn't say things now that it looks like he is probably going to be the nominee. I would rather him not say things like that, that are, you know, that that, being equivocal, uh, uh, you know, about his commitment, you know, to it. Um, I think it probably would have been uh, the best move for him in November of 2022 when we had a historic win in the midterms. Usually in a president's midterm, they'll lose a ton of seats. And we actually had a really good midterm, picked up a Senate seat when people thought we'd lose the Senate. And he he was like on a high. He had just passed three or four meaningful pieces of bipartisan legislation. That might have been a good moment to kind of go out on top. Uh, he he chose otherwise. And, and here we are. And what looks like it's going to be a very close election. How do you think your boy Newsom's doing? I thought Gavin was great the other night. I did too. Um, you know, he's very good at this. I've never liked him because he's so handsome. I know. I get to be honest. Same reason Dude. it took me years to warm up to you. But, uh, <laughs> but I thought he did very well. Yeah. Um, so I think that he's about as, as adroit a debater as there is in American politics today. Very calm. He's very calm. Um, Haley's a very good debater uh, on the Republican side. She's she's done well. That's helped her get momentum. But but Newsom showed in a, in a tough situation— He's as good of a surrogate as Joe Biden has. And if I'm Joe Biden, I want him everywhere, you know, all the time making the case for me. And uh, he even played some kind of jujitsu. You know, they're on Fox and he knows that. And so he kind of goads DeSantis by saying, hey, you followed Fauci. You, fo-, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of coming at him from the right, which I thought was really, you know, kind of clever. And, uh, you know, I think DeSantis is is improving, but it's too late for him. You know, he needed to be this good. He 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 waited a long time. He waited six months uh, right in the aftermath of the 2022 election. I feel like a lot of Republicans were kind of ready to be done with Trump. It felt like for a minute because the, they underperformed so totally, badly totally in agree. the 2022 election. You started to see more and more establishment people being like, we are done. You know, we can't deal with him anymore. And then DeSantis waited till after the legislative session in in Florida and he lost whatever momentum he might have had, I feel Well, then like. he wore women's moon boots and started sticking his tongue out when he smiled. I mean, <laughs> it's not rocket science. You don't have to be a professor at SLU for this one, right? Just be normal. Yes. Yes. Just like Hillary Clinton. She works so hard to appear human. And he seems to have the same problem, you know, like a pod person or something. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 437 DGS on KMOX. You can call anytime you want, not just during the think tank, but anytime. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Total information, PM starring our very own Kevin Wheeler coming up at the top of the hour. Right now we have the think tank with Kurt Barr and Jeff Smith. So every presidential uh, election, we have some third party. It's usually Ralph Nader or Carrot Top or someone like that. Uh, This time it could be Manchin. It could be Liz Cheney. It could be RFK. Uh, to what degree do you think one or more of these people could really impact the election? That is a great question, a fun thought experiment. I mean, Liz Cheney is all in anti-Trump. And so she might run third party thinking she can and not that and she she's floating think it. she could win. But just to get enough Republican lady votes so that Trump can't win. She might actually do that. She might be successful. But it'd be hard for us to, to see that. But I think you know Biden probably would face a similar thing if Manchin were to run. I, yeah, I mean, my gut is that almost any third party choice is bad for Biden. You know, I think um, certainly Cheney's got the ancestral roots in the Republican Party. But like at this point, after the last couple of years, with her being such a you know powerful voice uh, on the J six stuff, and like I think her appeal is probably more to. Democratic leaning independents, uh, you know, insofar as as there are swing votes up in the air, I think she will pro- she would probably draw more from Biden than from Trump. Totally agree with you. Manchin would definitely draw more from Biden than from Trump. Cornell West is going to draw almost exclusively from Biden. You know, the Green Party candidate. Um, you know, look, I think this election, as as uh, you know, I think others have kind of alluded to, is a battle for the double haters. The voters out there that can't stand either one of them. And I think for your av- your median double hater voter, it's like Biden's too old. He doesn't have the energy. I don't feel that he's strong enough. But Trump is unhinged. And I'd rather have someone who's worn out and tired and old than unhinged and, and potentially a threat to democracy. I, you know, I really feel like that's kind of your your um, your your median person who doesn't like either of them. That's the person who's going to decide the election. Donald Trump won in 2016, but then Republicans got crushed in the 2018 midterms. They got uh, Trump himself lost in 2020. Uh, In 2021, they lost the U.S. Senate races in Georgia. In 2022, Republicans underperformed. As long as Trump has been the standard bearer of the Republican Party, things haven't gone real well electorally. And it's because of those people that are independent and don't really like either party very much. So I don't see that changing if Trump is like under trial and potentially even convicted. And on any in any given election, I know that the third parties play spoiler. So people hate them on both sides. But why do my really smart friends like John Hancock and Michael Kelly 
uh, dislike the third party as a concept, even going forward into the future? Like, no, 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 no. Two party system, third party really screws it up. Because they're wild cards. Can't protect them. I mean, that's the main reason. You, you, know, you never know who they're going to pull from. And and they don't have, at this point in our, our So it's society, like having a third guy in a boxing ring. You never know who they're going to punch, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and they don't have any viability right now. So it's like, okay, you're just you're just spoiling it. So why don't we just focus on the the two viable parties and the two viable candidates and and have that head-to-head race? Okay, overall, is this the most unpopular to the point of disgust politicians have ever been with the American people? Or is it just that it's our turn to be grown-ups now? Like our moms and dads thought the same thing in the 60s and 70s. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, have we really hit a real ceiling, a real crescendo? Or we just think it because it's our time. I don't think we've hit a crescendo. I think there have been cycles where uh, Washington and Congress people have been even more unpopular than they are now. The 1990 cycle um, was one of those people were just really dissatisfied. We were falling towards a recession. There was that uh, check. Remember the the um, overdrawn checks? Like hundreds of Congress people were just writing checks on the House banks. And there was this House bank scandal and the disconnect between guys that could just bounce checks whenever they want and not pay any fees uh, versus the public. That was increasingly kind of, you know, um, you know, economic growth was beginning to flag. You know, at one point uh, in the wake of Desert Storm, George Bush, the first George Bush, reached like a 90 percent approval rating. Uh, but now, but but then, you know, um, he went all the way down to to 38 percent, I think, mm. was was what he got. So you had um, a real kind of NUE that said in that year. So I think there were there are other cycles that you can look at where politicians were even less popular than now. But they're testing it between mm. George Santos and the just complete debacle of trying to elect a speaker. Um, I think Washington is is uh, is pushing it. Can they learn? Oh, sorry. I got to wrap it up. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Answer, no. The best in the business. The slickest as they come. DGS. Welcome back, guys. DGS 449. Total information PM coming up at the top of the hour. I'm sure you'll be talking about this wheel. So the Cardinals are picking number seven. Number seven. So they had the fifth worst record in baseball. They had the fifth best chance at being the number one pick. It was only an 8% chance. That was never realistic. But uh, they actually fell back in the major, in the MLB draft lottery. So they're going to be okay. the number seven pick. I don't understand. So if I don't understand, there are other people who don't understand. Yeah. Is everyone in the lottery? Like- no, just the, the, the uh, like it's like, I think it's like, well, there's two stages of it, right? There are only certain teams that are eligible once you get past a certain point. Uh, the worst the Cardinals could have picked was 11th. Okay. So they could not have fallen any further than that. Okay. Could have been worse, could have been better. But the New York Mets are going to get the number one pick is what it looks like. I think they just showed Cleveland getting the number two, so the Mets are going to get it. The Mets came into this as the seventh worst team. Okay. Um, So two spots. Did they have a huge payroll as well? Oh, my God. The Mets, uh, they had the highest payroll in the history of Major League Baseball last year. And we're so bad they're getting the number one pick. Yes. And they, I mean, and they've dumped a lot of it because they traded Scherzer. They traded, they traded, uh, I think another, I forget which other guy, one of their guys, but they traded a couple of big money dudes away because they were bad. Yeah. So the 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 owner with the most money in baseball gets the number one pick. <laughs> I know, think I think that's what it just happened. You know who I'm fixated on? It might have been on? Cleveland, actually. I'm fixated on Yamamoto. Yeah. 
Just because I like the Newt Bar thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be the like the crusher of dreams, but um, Cardinals are not going to spend that. His the, the the reports now are he's going to be two hundred fifty to three hundred million oh, for his contract. Oh my goodness, he's that good. Well, I mean, he's twenty five. He throws ninety eight miles an hour. He was just the pitching triple crown winner in the Japanese top Japanese league in the mm-hmm. NPB. And he was a star in the World Baseball Classic. So when you combine it all, stuff, pitch, number of pitches, the way that Japanese pitchers have really translated well to the big leagues, too, in yeah. recent years, it used to be a worry, like, will it be the same? But yeah. a lot of their top guys have come here, and they've been top guys here. So um, he's in the perfect storm. Plus, it's his age, too. If he was 30, it probably wouldn't be that. But he's 25. He's, like, prime age, the exact age you would want. So... How long do we have realistically uh, until we kind of know what the Cardinals are going to do? Do they have between now and opening day to to make moves, to make trades? It pretty much wraps up. Like the big moves are going to be done probably shortly after the new year. There'll be some that last until late January, but most teams and almost every player, they want to have it done before spring training starts. And well before, because the guys want to know where they're going yeah. to stay, set up their Go families. Buy a house, yeah. it, it's not to say that it never goes. It can. There have been big contract things that have gone into spring training, but yeah. it's pretty rare. Who's the best guy we have a reasonable chance of, of getting in your mind? I mean, they're relief pitchers. Like, they're not, they're, I don't think they're playing the free agent game with pitchers anymore. Um, they could still look at the trade market for pitchers, depending on what shakes loose and what kind of. You know, I think the problem right now is we're waiting on Otani. And once Otani ends up picking a spot, that's going to loosen up what everybody else is going to do as far as spending money. Uh, the Yankees seem to be the favorite for Yamamoto at this point, by the way. just Are we in the market at all for position players? No, I don't. They shouldn't be, really, unless it's just somebody around the edges. I mean, I think they have a person that they want in every spot. And would you, when you look at our position players, would you say we are fine, good, or great? Good. I mean, they were a top 10 offense before injuries killed them at the end of last year. So before the trade deadline, you know, they they sold some people off, not really on the offensive side, but if you look at them through the end of August, they were a top 10 offense in terms of all the really, in, you know, the kind of the indicators. Uh, and I believe they were top 10 in runs too. But I mean, you look at, slugging, you look at some of the more advanced kind of neutralized stats. I'm not going to bore everybody with the details, but they compare you to the other teams in baseball. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like a relative grade. They were top 10 until September. And you know, that's when Gorman went down and Arenado got hurt and went, ended up going down. Donovan was down and out with the elbow injury. So you lost three important players. So your offense fell off at the end. But before that, you're a top 10 offense. So worst case, you would argue is you're a top half offense. So you're at least good on offense. Um, and you've got some guys that could be better. I mean, Jordan Walker could be significantly better this year than he was last year. Um, Is Mason Wynn your starting shortstop? If he doesn't stink in spring. I mean, if he if he stinks in spring, then you're going to probably play Tommy Edmond there and Dylan Carlson in center, unless you add a piece from the outside that would be more of a a part-time slash fill-in guy. What sort of offensive numbers does Mason Wynn need to put up to justify being the starting shortstop. Just be better. Just be average. If he's league average, he's great because he's a phenomenal talent defensively and he'll get better. I mean, he's got power. He's got speed. And I don't mean like 40 homer power, but yeah. he's got the power to eventually hit 20 home runs, 
but he's got to be an average contributor on offense or close to it. All right, TIPM's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.